Hi, Miss D. How are you doing today? Hi, Jesse. Doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to hear from you too.、Uh, I've been really busy. It's been like、uh, a week or so in college, and I just moved in and met a lot of great people here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we've been back in school for about a week and a half with the students, and we're all online, and we have a couple days split up between the different periods: first through third. Uh, fourth through seventh, and it's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, well, I think our listeners are kind of interested who you are exactly. And can you introduce yourself? Yes,、uh, I go by Miss D. That's my teaching name, and I currently teach at、uh, senior high level, eleventh and twelfth graders, and I am in the special ed department. And I actually run a learning center or、um, an individual learning center, and、uh, I'll have special ed students coming in that、uh, range from di- they have different dis- disabilities such as autism.、Uh, they may be kind of an average level up to a high level autism, and they could be、uh, in general ed classes. Or modified classes or resource classes,、hmm. uh, and then some come in for social reasons. They get frustrated in the classroom. When I'm when I'm talking now, I'm talking physically. You know, this is what we've done in the past. Right now, it's a little different since we're all online.、Um, but、yeah. the students will come down. Maybe they need to cool off or a quiet environment to work. And then I have、uh, what is known as a specific learning disability students. They come、mm-hmm. down and maybe they have a deficit in the area of reading, writing, math, some kind of math calculation or what have you. Some、uh, have other health impairments, uh, uh, visually in,、uh, impaired is one, hearing impaired.、Uh, we have、uh, OHI, which、uh, that's, I mean, it, it covers a、mm-hmm. um, like ADHD, attention deficit or hyperactivity. And、uh, then we have Down syndrome, which is now labeled as、uh, intellectually disabled.、Mm. But usually, I have just the general LD or SLD, which is specific learning disability or autism, high level autism. And then I also have peer assistants that I work with that I sponsor the group,、mm. and they may be they may stay back w- with me in the ILC, which is my. What I call my room, the individual learning center, and help out there.、Uh, mm-hmm. Some kids come down to have tests read. Some have small group、uh, testing, a quiet environment, and that's really what you know. Our whole room is. We try to keep it very, you know, low level as far as noise, because we have kids come down and they they have tests read, or they have academics they need help on, or they just want to have a quiet environment.、Uh, And so,、uh, peer assistants will、mm-hmm. always will also I I assign them out to different、uh, places that may have some needs on our campus,、um, and that would be maybe even the basic level kids, the really special needs students, where they can help the、uh, st- their fellow、uh, students in the classroom.、Uh, maybe at、mm-hmm. lunch, maybe they're going to an art room or a floral design or a choir, and they just needs a buddy. To help them out,、mm-hmm. so we have a lot of different、uh, places where I might place a peer, and they usually they come in, they sign in, and they go to their assigned vocation. Or in some cases, which I've been very fortunate to be able to keep one back to help me because we're really busy in our room during the day. 
And of course, right now, everything's kind of up in the air. Yeah, but, uh, I'm normally, physic like, physically, yeah. <laughs> is I heard like from my little brother, he said that everything's moved online. So, uh, yes. how does your room still operate now? Okay, so the teachers have been given the option to work on campus online, but they're uh -huh. actually in physically in their room at school, or they uh -huh. can stay at their home because some. Some teachers have, they have health concerns, so they don't want to be exposed. So they stay mm -hmm. at home and they work online, kind of like we did last spring. And then some, they have little kids. So the, you know, the little kids or their younger uh, children are online working, uh, you know, doing their school. So that way they can do all of that at the same time. It's convenience for them. I am uh, working at the school in my room all by oh, myself. Wow. Uh, <laughs> And I'm just on the computer pretty much the whole day. We have a lot of different things that we do, but say Mondays, uh, they what they've done is Mondays, Monday through Friday, you either have an asynchronous day or a synchronous day. It's huh. funny because the teachers were like, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> Me we've too. never heard of those. We've never heard of the, that vocabulary and they never <laughs> told us. And so oh. we didn't want to admit that we didn't know what that meant. <laughs> And yeah. I looked it up and it just what, and obviously we, we figured it out. The synchronous is live where we're doing oh. live instruction. And then the asynchronous is where if you're familiar with Google classroom, we're all using Google classroom. Although oh, okay. some teachers will add things like um, the different software programs that, you know, but everything's linked into a Google classroom and they'll have a Google live mm -hmm. link, kind of like a zoom. Sometimes they do zoom. And they'll have classwork in the Google Classroom. And so the async days or asynchronous are you just log in, you know, per period uh, and see what your assignment is. You get your assignment done. You get it done by the end of the day, I believe. Then you get credit for being there, attending. And then, of course, on the live or the synchronous days, which are yeah. two days a week, um, those you lo you log in live and your teacher does instruction and they may keep you you know five minutes 15 minutes maybe the entire period it depends on the content you know math math teachers tend to teach the whole time because uh -huh. I mean, there's a lot involved uh and then the higher levels but even our special ed uh rooms it's interesting i didn't know what to to do with my peer assistants because those are technically the only ones on my roster right now. Um, mm. So what I've done is I've done live meets with them and kind of told okay. them about the program, the way it usually is when we're in person. <laughs> and of course it's tricky. How am I going to yeah. distribute them out and give them an assignment? So what we, what I decided to do was go visit, jump on other teachers Google class. So we did, we've done that with a basic teacher. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we basically observed in the background and we mm. kept our video off our audio. And what was interesting was that um, we, vis we visited a, a few different ones, resource classes, English and such. But uh, it was interesting because I actually wound up helping the teacher because as you know, as your little brother knows, and as anybody that's doing online right now, technology is yeah. not exactly cooperating. Yeah. So they couldn't share uh, the te teacher, two of the teachers that we visited during their periods, they were uh, at home streaming 
and they didn't have the bandwidth to mm. do some things and their screen would freeze. Well, I was able to help them as a participant and share my screen because I, I was part of their Google class. And so I would mm -hmm. open up the document that they couldn't share. So I shared my screen and they would walk it, the students through it. So it was actually team teaching and mm -hmm. it wasn't meant to be that way. We were, you know, but that's one of the things that we've been doing. Yeah, um, for our listeners so listening, Miss D is yes. super versatile. She does everything. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, that, that was one thing I forgot to mention. Some of the students that come down to us are actually on my roster, on my attendance. They're supposed uh -huh. to be there. Well, okay. Again, I'm, I'm backing up to when we were really face-to-face -face physical. Yeah. Uh, I would have students in the special ed area that needed credit recovery. So maybe they failed a semester of uh, math models or algebra or world history. And then we have a program that we use online that they did in the classroom on a computer. And I was there to help them or maybe one of my peers. And right now they're set up to, I mean, it's an online program anyway, so they can do it at home. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that was another, that's another thing that I cover. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the peers, the, the peers have been really the only thing um, that we've been doing so far is just visiting yeah. other live Google uh, or Zoom meetings and just uh -huh. seeing what's happening. Eventually, well, I do have one peer uh, who is assigned to a basic class, but she was with that teacher last year, so oh. it just worked out perfectly. Wow! So that's what's going on so far. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, just to clarify to my listeners. Uh, Miss D is not visually impaired. Uh, she just helps people with all types of disabilities, and she's really great at it. And I remember my time at Plano East. Uh, she helped me a lot on tests and uh, writing essays. That was really the big one. Essays. Yeah, that, that was, was tough. tough. <laughs> and then, uh, and then for the listeners that knew me personally from Plano East. Uh, the reason why you didn't see me around you guys a lot was because I disappeared to her room to do all those tests, quizzes, and essays. So uh, that would be something that I regret in high school, not able to socialize as much since I was yeah. doing the IB program, which is the International Baccalaureate program. But I still got my diploma, so uh, I'm really uh, grateful that I have that. I was I wanted to ask uh, specifically now. You mentioned how you uh, help peers, like distribute peers. How you help teachers? Uh, how do you help the students that you know originally you would have done it face to face, like people with uh, disabilities, learning disabilities? How will you? How do you help them in these current circumstances? That's a good question. Um, since we kind of had a preview of the online back in the spring. Um, yeah. It was a little bit different, uh, but I was able to say the Edgenuity program we used online. Oh, and yeah. so uh, one of my students that would come in a lot, he was just, it was considered his base room where he would come if he were frustrated or had anxiety. Uh, he was not doing the edgenuity program. He, he would, he kind of refused to do it. Some, and a lot of students 
have trouble with this online program and even though there's some interact interactive things going on and it's just different it's not the mm. same as being in person yeah so with him i always had to talk with him it was more of a okay what can we do to you know help you be successful type of thing and so working with his mother uh i was able to have a zoom or google me yeah. whichever one i don't remember what it was and he i uh mother his mother actually worked at home of course she was doing mm -hmm. her work at home in a different room so mm -hmm. she was able to monitor him somewhat and he we got online he shared his screen with me and i walked him i talked him actually through mm. it he's very high level it's just mm. it was a motivating he was not motivated to do it mm. so uh, that was one thing where i was able to kind of get him to go through it um i was able to go into the program itself and modify it a little bit for him because again it's just not online it's just not for everybody and that was we were thrown into that most people yeah. know in the spring it was like we had to figure it out the technology yeah we had to figure out how to make it work and so right uh, and then of course i worked with you jesse oh yeah yeah uh, on a few of the things was it Nearpod that we did? Somewhere? Oh yeah, uh, for English, I remember my teacher would assign readings, and then uh, right. she did quizzes on Nearpod. Right. And, and then so, you would um, do a yeah. Zoom meeting, I believe. Uh, and Zoom, would, one of the other, right? And then share your screen, and then like I use my iPad Pro, and then zoomed in and told you the answers to type in. Right. So I would read it to you just to make it easier. Oh yeah. That too. And Jesse, I know you're a brilliant reader. It's just that, that visual component when you don't have that, that's was the only thing you were the, the highest level student I've ever worked with. And so uh, I, I've worked with other, I've worked with other visually impaired students, but they've been visually impaired for their entire life. Uh, Not, yeah. you know, just this, you know, short term where you already I mean, you've already learned everything you need. And then all of a sudden, you know, you take away that, that one sense, you have those five senses and you take away the visual. Yeah. And it's like, wow. But everything else you could do uh, when we, you know, when we were doing any kind of writing, well, back when we were face to face, uh, you, I, I would scribe or type for you and you, but you would, you know, tell me what to do. And mm. then, um, so that was, that was good. It was hard though, because most people are, are, you know, they can see and they can go back and scan and reread really quickly. And they know yeah. exactly what they want to do when you're typing. And then with you, you had to tell me, okay, can you go back and reread this part? And then you, yeah, it was really tough. I think visually being visually impaired is probably the hardest thing. Hearing impaired is one thing, at least you can see. Of yeah. course, having both of those removed would really, really, really be, be bad. But uh, yeah, the visual, boy, that's that's tough. But uh, now this mm -hmm. year so far, <clears throat> I have a student who just came in. She's in a study skills class, and she has many credit credits she has to recover. Now, we just started. Uh -huh. She's going to be set up on the online program to get uh -huh. those credits. I can modify that down. And when we get into it and start on any of the classes that she needs to recover. That's something I may have to go through with her because this particular student, and you never know who you're working with. Some are self-motivated. This one will probably 
the reason she has credit recovery <laughs> mm -hmm. to do, and many of them, is because she never wanted to do anything while she was face to face. Yeah. Uh, but she what she did come. She is participating. We've done mm -hmm. Google Live. We just once we set up her credit recovery, I may have to kind of do it with her just to get her through. Yeah. But most most students they can do it themselves, and whether we're face to face, it it is an online program. Mm -hmm. or uh they're at, or they're coming online at home it, it's something i can monitor with them when we're doing live i can see their screen they can you know we can share the screen um so that's what i anticipate happening because we do have more students who will be doing who need credit recovery and they just haven't mm. started yet i have mostly okay. peers right now that i'm working with yeah so i've heard like you work with a lot of different types of people with yes very different disabilities and some are self-motivated you mentioned and so some are right they need to be motivated in some sort of way and do you have like a baseline approach to approach all of these people with all types of disabilities or is it really flexible like you um, really adapt and morph how you approach the person to give them what they need well, you, you have to be flexible because everybody yeah. is different and the way they perceive you and the way you perceive them. But at first, my personality is very laid back. So I go with mm -hmm. the way I usually am. And so I always approach new students when I don't know them, whatever their handicapping condition is. Uh, I approach them very delicately and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, without a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. because some version to pressure and they will immediately shut down on you. And, and then of course, sometimes we have behavior issues and challenges where any kind of, if you ask them to do anything, you know, they may throw something at you. Mm. It, it, now I don't run across that a lot in my class. There is another classroom that deals with more of the anger type issues that students, mm -hmm. uh, facing that challenge have, uh, but it has happened. And sometimes you have students come in who don't get along with each other and they may know each mm -hmm. other or they get to know each other and you have to keep them separate. I try to keep everybody separate in my room. Yeah, It's not a room to come and socialize, although they did like to do that during lunchtime, as you probably oh, yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Like, you were trying uh, to work hard and then they were there. No, some <laughs> there, you know, they just like it. They could do a puzzle. I have puzzles in my room. It's more oh, yeah. of a calming place. And some would just get on the computer and their headphones and eat their lunch and play a video oh, game. Yeah. Uh, although that's not- Right. And then you, you're like, oh, does anyone want animal crackers? <laughs> exactly. Well, you and know, I was like, you gotta be... I always said no. <laughs> you did. Then, I think you, yeah. I think you said yes one time, I think. I but, think so. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, when you are in a process where you're having to do things or learning things, uh, and that's throughout the day, that wasn't just at lunchtime, you know, they would usually bring their lunch, but uh, you yeah. want people to be comfortable. It's, it's hard to learn or focus when you're hungry. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is a delicate process to uh, motivate someone. I've been like thinking about that a lot too, because uh, I think I've uh, told you like how I feel like there's two types of people in the uh, blind community. Uh, there's like the people who are 
self-motivated, like really want to challenge themselves. And there, there are the people that really want to stay where they are. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but typically you see the result of that is um, they end up, you know, just going uh, paycheck to paycheck or just going off exactly. of government like, pensions. Right, they're so. satisfied with where they are. Motivation. Mm-hmm. I have been thinking about what takes what it takes to motivate someone and uh listening how you said uh to take a more delicate approach is definitely a way to go and um well yeah, at so. first anyway because you know that first impression you know a lot of students that are having trouble academically or maybe even behaviorally or have anger issues you never know what's going on in the home as well or how they've grown up or you know what's gone on but if you make a good impression and they, it makes them, it, it, it removes those defenses because usually mm-hmm. that's what they'll have at first. And I understand that from personal experience. And so that's the way I would want someone to approach me. So at first, that's usually the way that it comes. Unless I know, you know, the, the student or I've seen the student, um, I may approach them a little bit, you know, just regular without the, the delicateness. I mean, not necessarily yeah. stern, but uh, more more myself. And if I have to, you know, I, I have to be stern. But I, I just, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily my personality. And that's why probably I don't work with a lot of uh, students that have behavior issues as their main, you know, challenge. That That's tough. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, you mentioned a lot of, um, I guess, the motivation type, the more mental disabilities, such as uh, uh, on top of my mind right now, it's like Down syndrome, but you said they changed the name or something like oh, that? Oh, Down syndrome, yeah. The, uh, it's it's now considered, they call it intellectually disabled. And that would typically, when you think of Special Olympics, you'll see uh-huh. uh, what used to be called Down syndrome, and now they, they the, the disability is called intellectual dis- disability. Oh, that actually brought me up, uh, brought a memory up. I remember I was trying so hard to get into the Special Olympics, but they were like, I know you're in the special educational umbrella, but you, <laughs> you don't, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> because I really wanted to play some basketball. But yeah, so I was wondering, uh, have you worked with anyone with physical disabilities too? Yeah, uh, I can think of a couple of um, my visually impaired students that I've worked with in the past. One, one of those did have, uh, I'm trying to think of what the physical disability was. It, I think it may have been cerebral palsy, but mm. I could be wrong on that. He had trouble walking. And so okay. he would use a cane or, um, you know, those walkers. Mm-hmm. And whenever he would not do that, uh, there were occasions when he would fall down and he's okay. still to this day, he's actually uh, going to, I can't remember the exact name of it, the blind center. I think it's in Houston because he's, huh. he's out of Plano East and okay. he's uh, gone on to basically like after school things. And so he's still learning. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, visual disability, he had a lot of different disabilities, but, uh, walking uh-huh. was one of them. 
and he okay. did not want to use he he really didn't like using his his walker or his cane okay. and so i do under, i do it's my understanding that he is still every once in a while he will fall he'll just and it has something to do with that um that physical disability that he has and you know he has to do therapies and all kinds of things and yeah so has, it's actually a really interesting uh uh area to talk about where um personally i've heard like talking to other blind people it's like do you really want to carry a cane it's like more a what you think it's like public perception of you and i, I yes. feel like it might be the same case for him because like carrying a walker and he's right. like really worried about what other people said about him and, and i think that's i think that was it he was proud and he didn't yeah. want to use it like that was my mindset too um actually uh the like 11th grade i became blind and then like for the whole 11th grade i did not use a cane at all i was like i did not yeah. want to like you know let the world know that i'm blind like, right. or because like being blind it's not it's like kind of like a hidden disability people really won't really notice it and exactly i was just really self-conscious but then i went to like a summer camp where i met a lot of other blind people and then like they really encouraged me to, uh saying like there's a lot more benefits of you know using cane and you don't really have to care about what other people think of you yeah and i ever since then i've been using a cane to walk around so yeah. Um, yeah so and that's like really a really interesting area i i've been thinking a lot too even coming to college about how people perceive me and i you know i have no idea what people are thinking about me since i'm not in their mind but it's always a <laughs> area where i'm always thinking i don't know if i i'll stop thinking about that one day but yeah well, that's the thing about you, Jesse. When they get to know you, if they get to know you, whatever their preconceived notions are will change. Because, you know, you see someone, you get an impression, and it you, it's usually wrong. I'm always wrong on, my, on what I think of someone when I first meet them. Um, now, with mm -hmm. you, I knew you were in the IB program, and I knew you, were, you had that visual impairment. So... It was really interesting. I've never worked with anybody at this really? high level, you know, intellectually. And you're so driven and you are dedicated. I, it was, well, let me tell you, you were refreshing to work with. I just, okay. I mean, it was Thank awesome. You. And then when you were not in the room with me and someone would be, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, the, you know, the typical excuses and, yeah. you know, the teachers this way or that way. And, um and, and a lot of them a lot of the students that came in got to know you at some point because okay, you were in yeah. there a lot and and so i would use you as an example and i'm sure that they not everyone but there were a lot of them in awe of you as well and i know oh, wow. i was i was like wow i mean you you oh. pushed through it you didn't seem to let this hold you down at all i know that you your goal was even though you were able to have some accommodations and maybe, you know, mm -hmm. something removed because you were, it's takes so much longer for you to do things just because of that visual being removed. 
um, I, I know that you didn't want that removed. I mean, you, yes, it was mm -hmm. a good, it was good in, in certain circumstances because the work would start to pile up. But I know that you didn't want to be looked at differently and you wanted to, yeah. uh, you know, officially earn your A's, which I think you're more of a straight A student. You're way better than me. So, <laughs> Uh, so I, was, I was very I was about there. <laughs> impressed with that. And I know others were too. Yeah, it's I remember back then I was just like grinding really hard. I Yes. It <laughs> okay. I would say after I became blind, I had a stronger sense of motivation. Uh really? there was yeah. like it was clearer. Like I felt like I had a purpose to now mm -hmm. challenge myself because for the longest time uh, before I, I was blind, I did not really think about, like, I, I always would be thinking about um, what motivates me. I'm like, super unmotivated. I, re I remember I would be like taking SATs, like in my 10th grade and uh, 9th grade, and also eighth grade. And then my parents would be, would be like, you gotta, you know, do better on your SATs. And I would be like, super down. And because I did not really see anything beyond that. Right. And I couldn't really see the picture clearly, but after I felt like I became blind, I saw that, you know, um, sometimes I shouldn't be like, you know, so selfish, I guess. Right. Um, and also to like look beyond uh, what my current circumstances, circumstances are. And then like try to like every single day challenge myself. And I guess it worked out. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Right. This, is, this was a major life event for you. And things yeah. like this change you. And it really gives you a lot of perspective where you never, you can't look at someone else and gain that. You have to feel it and go through it yourself. And uh, that's how people change. Uh, actually, you know, living through the experiences, it's not necessarily by, <clears throat> you know, listening to someone tell them that this is the way it should be or this is what you should do. You have to kind of go through it yourself. And it, you know, no matter what that life event is, and this is a major one, and I can I can see that. Yeah. But of course, I didn't know you as that. When you came in, you were dedicated and, you know, from the get-go, I thought, yeah. wow, this is, you're, you're a genius. I'm, a, I'm in awe of you. Oh. 